He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to say the movies. Episode 19. Sunshine. Sunshine. Uh, I've never seen this movie before. This is this is the first time we've seen a movie that I haven't seen before. Um, I didn't care for it. I don't like that idea. Um, You're such a baby. <laughs> I'm, I like to feel like I'm in control, Scott. Yeah. It bothers me immensely. You can't have seen every movie. I damn it. So I, I I knew a little bit about this movie, but I didn't know very much. You know, I knew it was about you know a space mission to to blow up the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by Danny Boyle. Yeah. Who does has done Train Spotting. And other stuff. And other stuff. I think did Trance. I, I keep thinking that's the name of the one. He did Trance with Professor X, young Professor X. Yeah, 128 Days Later. What do you mean 28 oh. Days Later? And No, 128. No, not 128 Days where the guy, 127 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, wasn't worried. I wasn't worried about the hour. Well, this is why I'm going to mix up. He did both those. Right. A lot of uh, critical. Successes. I will say I have a slight problem with Danny Boyle. And my main problem with him is that when uh, Trance came out, I think that's the name of the movie, he did interviews, and one of the things he, he objected, he said he objected to in filmmaking was the, he called it the Pixarfication, Pixarfication of uh, storytelling that, like, kidifying stories. Hmm. And I think Pixar, yeah, Pixar's clearly making family films, but their storytelling is top-notch. Yeah. And I feel like it came from a bad place. Uh, I think it's a little bit it of... sounds like Sour Grapes. Well, and also it comes from the idea, I think, that trying to look down on, like, happy endings or complexity of i don't know what his beef with it is but it does bother me because pixar is some of the finest storytelling that's going on now i mean i just think structurally almost every story they do is really great yeah and they've polished this too right and they're really good they understand like great things about motivation and structure that i think are really so so that's my small beef with danny boyle he's allowed to have an opinion talked about where if something isn't like dark and gritty a lot of people don't see it as complex right yes and i think i think we're worthy of attention i guess yes happens all the time What's really interesting is you can still have a dark and interesting story that has a happy ending. It doesn't mean that it's not dark. Right. I mean, like, there's elements of WALL-E and uh, Incredibles that are dark, that are, you know, negative. Toy Story has tons of those elements. But I think it's easy to kind of mistake, oh, well, they had a happy ending, therefore the story must be kiddified. It kind of bothers me. Um, But that's a whole different thing. It's my only small beef with Danny Boyle. Because I like I like Trance. I like this one. I didn't like this so much. I will say on record, this is probably the least favorite movie we've seen. I prefer Anacondas to this one. Wow. And I really? think I prefer Anacondas to this one, not because Anacondas is a better written movie. It's not. Better acted movie? Nah. These are all great actors in this movie. And Anacondas has fine actors, but they're not. It's because I could see what was going on. And the ending of this movie got really irritating to me. They stumbled a little bit on the third act. Yeah. Um, I did like this better than Anacondas. But I remember it being a little better. Right. It's still a very solid sci-fi movie. You you um, edited out the the weird editing. Yeah, <laughs> made it more coherent in your head. And I mean, to to be fair, it's I can't imagine that I'm going to remember this like three months from now. There was so much freaking shaky cam in it. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it's a good movie. And you're right; it is an unusual. I don't want to say it's hard science fiction. It's not really hard science fiction, but it has a good sheen of hard science fiction for the most part, with a yeah, few small exceptions. A, yeah, they did a decent job yeah. making a shell of. Good, yeah, yeah, and they're Feasible dealing with science, stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not just completely fantastical. No, like they're not warp driving, and they're not, <laughs> right. they're not, um, like they have oxygen guard, and they, they, they kind of explain that you get the idea that even if they don't over-explain it, this is a functioning ship, and how it all the systems go together, and when things start falling apart, that's the problem. Right. That's one of the parts I like about this is they don't over-explain things. No, but you can, you can figure it out. Yeah. 
So, like I said, I don't, I don't, I think it's a fun movie, a good movie. It just irritates me at that last, like, and even if it had been like the last five minutes, maybe, but it's like the last like fifteen twenty, gets a little irritating. Yeah, and and also, uh, they, they must have beat. Spoiler alert! I'm not going to do the spoiler yet, but there's a the choice that they make that I'm not, I'm never really a, a fan of. Uh, very rarely, sometimes you can make it work, but yeah, but I, I don't, don't have as much of a problem with it. But, right, uh, but it's just it's really it's really hard to make it work for me. Call it your writer's privilege. <laughs> <laughs> having great distaste for I certain, win certain I don't plot cliches yeah yeah so that was kind of my favorite thing is that uh, best thing about the movie was that the science here some of it was not necessarily like scientifically feasible but they never really crossed that point of just whiffing on explanations right and it's trying to present a plausible world even if it's not necessarily plausible in a lot of ways it feels like it which we, like we talked right. about like it's like Jurassic Park Jurassic Park is pure fantasy but there's efforts to make it seem more. Right. This seems and the fantasy of Jurassic Park is that they made dinosaurs. Right. right? And this one so is... So there's that fantastical bit that they, and they, they kind of cr- skim over. Right. But they also kind but, of give it a little bit of an explanation. We did this and this and this is how right. it works. And they even, they even incorporate... It's also nice when they incorporate the element. Because in this case, like in Jurassic Park, that's part of the reason the dinosaurs start breeding. Is because they say, well, we incorporate this frog DNA. And so that's all nonsense. Right. But it becomes part of it. And I think that's an important aspect. Um, uh, recently, I saw Colossal. I'm not going to talk about that one yet, but the whole element is a science fiction element to that. A very, very weird one. And it's it's not it's, – it's important, but it's also a key to resolving the issue. And it, that's what makes it – that fine line between is it a really a science fiction or fantasy film is how – important the science fiction fantasy element is i'm not going to be the science fiction fantasy police i'm not going to tell you but i do like it when it's more than just a thing that shows up it's part and this one is full of that because they're dealing with the problems that come with their space mission yes i think that's part of what makes a sci-fi movie good is that they follow this they follow the premise that they've set yes right it's not necessarily it doesn't have to be science that's feasible or possible but once you've established that this is your science you can't (laughs) Right. You can't, like, go outside these laws that you've established for right. yourself. Yeah, it'd be weird, like, if these people started pulling out, like, exosuits and shooting lasers at each other. Right. That's bad that's, science fiction, right? Because that's not what that's they the have in this universe. Yeah. be the equivalent of magic. Right. They don't have that in this. Like, if they start showing some kind of suit, okay, maybe. But they don't have that. It'd be weird at the end of a sudden they're like... <laughs> Somebody whipped out a laser pistol. Right. Because, like, Aliens, Alien has the, you know, the showdown with the power loader. But they showed the power loader before. Right. They established it exists. And it fits well within the Aliens universe of sort of that, they're science fiction-y. But they've got advanced technology. This is slightly advanced technology. This is the twenty minutes in the future, future. right? <laughs> the not too distant future. They've got enough technology to get to the sun, right? <laughs> to build a giant bomb. And it took. They say early on in the movie, it took like most of the resources on Earth yes. to build this thing. <laughs> yes, which is true. I mean, a lot of it would make sure. it like that. Especially if you're going to try to build. I mean, you can't really. Uh, that's the part. Okay, you can't really build a bomb big enough to blow up the sun. But, <laughs> but. They say that it took all the materials. Well, that's the part they're skimming over a little bit, right? right? There's some kind of reaction they've discovered that becomes like exothermic. You had to have some kind of premise, Uh, you know, exponential. Yeah, because otherwise the movie wouldn't exist. (laughs) The sun's going out. Well, we can't build the bomb big enough for that, right? And this is kind of the equivalent of the core where they set off five nukes or something to restart. That's real. That's totally (laughs) science. I guess it's smaller than the sun. Right. Whatever. <laughs> That's true. So the scale is like, okay. 
It's only a million miles across instead of 80 million. <laughs> it, it's only a huge planetary body, <laughs> not an immense planetary body. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. So, um, what's your best thing about the movie? Oh, you said your like best we thing. Just about. Did we get and the mine? Did I say mine? Was I didn't they didn't turn on each other? Did I say mine? I don't think so. All right, mine is they didn't don't turn on each other. Spoiler alert that they kind of do. <laughs> but my there's, be- there's tension. Yeah, yeah, tension's not the same thing though. They're all but like nobody acts super crazy. <laughs> nobody does something stupid. Like you do get that one point where the guy's like like trying he's trying to take control. He's the captain. I'm gonna be the captain. He's really trying to save his ass. Right, but even then, they get around it. They work around it, and and um, and I love like uh, Chris Pine's character, um, Mace, which is always always a kind of a badass Mace. Chris Pine's Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I always get them confused. Chris Evans, because I think his Captain America, his character in this is like, like he's clearly a jerk at times, but he's usually right because he's trying to do the mission. He's not like a bad guy. He's just like, well, this is the mission. We're going to do it. And so the tension there is like nobody in this movie is, with the exception of one, stupid. They're still a lot going on. Right. A lot of movies like this, you'd have one guy that just... Space madness. Loses his shit. It's like game over, man. Just starts sabotaging stuff for no reason. I will make it back to Earth. You don't understand. I have a wife. And that doesn't really happen here. No. I, I like that about that. Yeah, but your worst thing. The, the crazy guy they do run into. <laughs> this is a little Which, spoilery. It's going to happen. You're going to get in space. <laughs> sure. You're down to find one crazy guy along the way. <laughs> hey, this crazy guy's been in space for a long time. And apparently he's just a ninja. Because <laughs> nobody can ever find him if he doesn't want to be found. Well, that's because the camera can't focus on him. That's the secret. How can you find him? The cameraman can't even find him. <laughs> he is the sun itself. <laughs> Which ties into my worst thing is the weird direction at the end where every time the ninja crazy, space crazy guy shows up, the camera won't focus on him. Oh, and it so kind bad. of like these weird cuts and it's really hard to follow. It's out of focus. Out of focus and it freeze frames. And I just, I know what he's going for, I think. It's supposed to be confusing, but it it's, is it's tiring. Confusing. It's tiring after a while. And it's not yeah. confusing after a while. After a while, it's just irritating. Yeah, they overused it. Right. I don't know that I would liked it in the first place, but they definitely overused it. <laughs> I, I think it worked okay. That like that part where they, they're first confronting him in the sunroom, it fits. It's this bright lighting area. It's supposed to be confusing. That's not the first time you see him, though. Well, there's no. an earlier bit where he's out of focus. Well, yeah, but that's the camera thing. That's the yeah. record log, and I don't mind that either because that's sort of the the teaser. That's a teaser, and then the third, then you should see him. But we never see him clearly, except for that part where at the beginning where we see him in before his crazy mode. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I feel like Mark Strong, the direct, the actor. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, at the movie, you're like, well, why did I have to act? I could have just stood over in the camera. You guys could have just said, do stuff. There are a lot of bits in this movie that look like they were just an actor in a room emoting. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who plays Scarecrow. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. That's such a hard name for me. Um, there's a lot of scenes where he's just in a spacesuit. <laughs> yeah. And the spacesuit's all black, except for yeah. the slit that was probably a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> he's just going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Killian Murphy. Killian? I don't think so. Mm. Now i got to look this up. It's a C. It could be either one. <laughs> Type in how, Google how to say Cillian. <laughs> Murphy. Killian. It's pronounced Killian? All right. In your face. I don't like it. That's my worst. That's my new worst thing in this movie. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I take it all back. This movie sucks. Nice job, Killian. I'm literally angry with Rick. <laughs> I'm angry at... <laughs> Spelling You're procedure. In the country of Ireland. That's right. How dare they? <laughs> Playing fast and loose with the letter C. 
Let's spin the wheel of metaphors. Oh boy. Let's find out what this movie was really about. It's about grammar. <laughs> grammar? Is that not on here? <laughs> Communism. <laughs> Communism is it's always easy. Is it? Yeah, communism is always easy. The whole ship lives or dies by how well the collective performs together. <laughs> when the collective doesn't perform together, it falls apart. From each, according to their abilities. Right. To each, according when to their When the needs. new guy shows up and starts messing everything up, he's not interested in joining. He's interested in destroying the system. Therefore, the system cannot is only as strong as its weakest member. And then once he joins as a member, he becomes its weakest link. Therefore. Good enough. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But together, when they work together, they're able to reignite the sun, which is metaphor for the performing the impossible because you can't blow up the friggin' sun. <laughs> the crazy guy's like Gorbachev. <laughs> he doesn't believe enough in the system <laughs> to try to preserve it. <laughs> I'm glad you picked Gorbachev. You know, the last guy in Russia who was kind of nice and on our side. <laughs> That's the point, though. Right? He, he That's the, true. The he did. He, he did. And then they had trouble, and they're still having trouble. Someone, <laughs> someone said they're getting back on track. That's true. That's true. No, they're not really communists anymore. They just kind of naked. Well, but even communism, they had problems. I mean, they still kind of had they that did. in communism too. Yes, because their their system of government, authoritarianism and communism, are kind of separate things. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. talking about an economic system yeah. paired with a, a form yeah. of government. Yeah, it's difficult. People well, associate them, but... Yeah, and it's also difficult to make any kind of system where somebody doesn't want more. Yeah. It's really, I mean... Right. Yeah. Russia being authoritarian... Yeah. ...is kind of orthogonal to their economics. That's that's a pet peeve of mine. People conflate those a lot. Right. Yeah, no, communism is not equal to authoritarianism. Right. Right. Just like capitalism is not equal to democracy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I digress. Fascism <laughs> is not equal to uh, zoostroicism. I don't... <laughs> A goose is not a duck. There you go. A goose is not a duck. <laughs> let's let's take a spoiler break. All right, so we're gonna take a spoiler. Um, I'm excited. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Hey, if you want to see Sunshine, I still think it's pretty decent. I think it's a decent <laughs> movie. I don't mean to say it's a bad way. I enjoyed it fine. Despite I, I, Alex's bellyaching and they say, if it didn't, I think I'd even have liked it more than Anaconda's if it didn't have that. That that direction of the end. That direction of the end is just really irritating me. And by the end, I'm really irritated by the movie more than thrilled. Yeah, I want to argue with you about it, but I can't really disagree. Like, like you know, Anacondas is silly, especially at the end when they're fighting all the things. But I can see what's going on. There's it, it's filled with the rest of the movie, right? Right. <laughs> it feels it feels again. One thing that's good about Anacondas is the direction is always clear. Yeah. You know what's going on, and I don't mind sometimes they're not clear, but in this case, it gets a little old. Yeah, there's a weird. It's a weird abrupt transition yeah. from the third act. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait! Oh. So, uh, let me do a little little advertisement here. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Save the Movies. If you'd like to visit the website, SaveTheMovies.com. If you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at SaveTheMovies.com. Uh, if you'd like to find us on Facebook, it's Save the Movies. <laughs> However, you get there, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Save the Movies. <laughs> if you'd like uh, to follow me on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, it's at Ailey Martinez. My website is AileyMartinez.com. And my Facebook fan page is Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. And hey, go leave us a five star review on iTunes. Or four. We'll take four. We're not too picky. <laughs> I mean, I'll take five. I'll take your pity star. <laughs> 
<laughs> I ain't too proud. Honestly, you're gonna leave a one star review. That's true. At least something. Hey, the start. Them, you know, it, number of reviews matter. Period. <laughs> sure. So if you hate the show, <laughs> let us be sure to let us know. <laughs> it's weird that you picked this one to listen to. <laughs> Maybe you you haven't decided. You're like, you know what? These assholes. You're really sick of them. I'll give him one more shot. Go check out Speed Racer. If you're looking for that's a good one. I like the Speed Racer one. It's gold, man. Yeah, that's gold. And uh, Sky Captain, I like that one. No, it's pretty good. Sky Captain gets. A, I get a lot of weird feedback on Sky Captain. I told you, I mean, I, people I, like that movie. I know people hate that movie. There's somebody who's like, really? yeah, somebody I was like listed as underrated movies, and somebody was like, really, Sky Captain? I hated it until I saw Batman v Superman. Then I hated that one more, and I'm like. <laughs> Look, Sky Captain may not be your your cup of tea, but really as bad as Batman v Superman, which that's is like, surprising. No, whatever. I mean, everybody's different. I guess it's no counting for taste. That's right. Da, da, da. I mean, if you made it this far, <laughs> assuming your tastes are pretty similar to ours, I I hope so. It'd be weird. <laughs> you can hate listen. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> download the podcast onto a memory stick and then set that memory stick on fire. <laughs> Take that. You do that enough times, a couple hundred times, we, we can't podcast anymore. That'll teach us. Uh, Bing! Okay, so... So we do that thing which you love, is we open up on the 20th Century Fox Spotlight logo, <laughs> and then the, the camera pans around it, and we get to see the sun in the horizon. I know transition. you love that. You love that transition. <laughs> this is another movie that opens with uh, a narration. So that's... And that's when we get the, the, the prologue stuff about, like, I'm taking the bond of the sun. Yeah. Save the, simple, that's just six establishing right. what's going on. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I have no problem like with that. a lot of the movies we watch have that... <laughs> Just short kind of intro. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's annoying because you don't need it. In this case, it's real simple. It just establishes the premise and moves forward. Yes, it doesn't overexplain. It's just like we're taking this this super bomb to the sun to to restart the sun. Right. It gets you from where you're at to yeah. the not too distant future. Yeah. <laughs> premise uh, and setting set the, the stakes. Yeah. yeah. You didn't actually need to have. So I think a lot of people would have had this scene in the movie where it starts and somebody asks. Oh, the spaceship sucks, and some some other guy locks and launches into a weird explanation, right? Or somebody talking on the you know he's like talking on a radio. <laughs> yeah, honey, it's been seven years. <laughs> I can't wait to see you again in another seven years when we successfully blow up the sun. <laughs> I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, just tell me. It's all right. I don't need it. We're gonna use the new technology we've developed. That's right <laughs> to research the sun, as you know, as you know. Well, there's a phrase in a science fiction called "as you know, Bob," and it's a term that means, really? especially in older science fiction, they would do it a lot, that. where two people kind of describe something they both know. So it's like, like I have a ray gun, and I'll be like, "As you know, Scott, this ray gun works on." Yeah, yeah, I know, and you don't see that because, like, again, if in real life I, I pulled out a gun, I wouldn't be Scott. As you know, this uses concussive force to propel a, a small shell. <laughs> You'd be like, "Yeah, I know what a gun is. What are you explaining a gun to?" We should get in the car, Scott. As you know, a car is a vehicle which propelled by combustion engine. There's a bit in there where uh, Chris Evans describes something, and Michelle Lee is like, "Yeah, I know." Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. It's kind of the "as you know, Bob" joke. So yeah, we and then we're established. We meet the characters, including. I mean, these are all 
Except for like the one guy, the communications officer, they're all actors you'd recognize. You have Killian Murphy, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Cliff Curtis, who's a New Zealand New Zealand actor who is in everything and plays a character actor. And when there's even like a a YouTube video of him playing different, because <laughs> he's just ethnically indeterminate. Different he's brownish, <laughs> and he's he's a good actor, so of course it works great. So he's he's good in this movie, and everybody that's that is the one. This is the advantage this movie has over like Anacondas is no nobody's a bad actor in Anacondas, but these are all these are known next actors. level. These are a little yeah. uh, little bit more established. Uh, Rose Byrne's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. These are all people you would recognize. Uh, Benedict, Benedict Wong. Wong. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> well, Dr. you know, Strange this is what we were talking about before. You know, about like there's so many superhero movies that literally this movie I'm watching. I'm like Chris uh, Evans is like Captain America slash Human Torch. Yeah. You got Benedict Wong who plays Wong from Doctor Strange. Yeah. You got Murphy was Scarecrow. <laughs> Mark Strong who is Sinestro. I mean, there's yeah. so many. <laughs> it's like it's unusual they only played one. <laughs> yeah, we wait long enough. All these people will have been some kind of superhero, or right? Someone. Right. So they're all going off to restart the sun. So it's like the core, but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's going out instead of in. That's right. <laughs> Which actually would be harder to go in. That's why it's, we don't. We know a lot less about the core of the Earth than we do about the sun. Yeah, we have not visited the core. Right, here. and the oceans. <laughs> we know less about the bottoms of the ocean because again. It's a lot harder to get there than to look on space and send a few probes out. That's Apparently, why we know the giant worms are waiting to attack us from the Earth's core. We don't know. <laughs> I'm just playing odds. Strongly suspect. <laughs> Dinosaurs of some sort. Yeah. Mole people. Mole people. And, and fish monsters. Giant giant krakens. Fish monsters. Well, oh, from the Mariana's Trench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Wouldn't that be surprising if the mole people came out of the ocean and the fish monsters came out of the earth? Ironic. Ironic. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> the fish guy's like groundwater. <laughs> well, you know, like there's that. It's not that weird. <laughs> there's that subterranean ocean, which really isn't quite an ocean. It's a huge body of water under the. But it's more like compressed water, so it's not it doesn't really function the same way. But when they said they talked about it, people were like, oh, like a sea, and we're like, no, there's not like it's not like you're gonna be like you know giant <laughs> monsters swimming in the ocean under the under the earth. It's probably pretty warm down there. Yeah, yeah. There's good actors. We get established. A lot of it's establishing who they are and what their jobs are. Right, so we find early on Chris Evans is playing the the asshole um, kind of pilot army guy, and you know there's this this other trope that uh, asshole has a point, which is <laughs> a lot of times in these movies there's some guy and he's a he's supposed to be a jerk, but a lot of times he's right now in a lot of those movies it's even stupider because they kind of play, paint him like he's the guy like they'll be the advisor who says like Mr. President we shouldn't do this, and I was like good monster, and he's like no he's got a really good point we shouldn't yeah. do that. <laughs> Chris Evans is the guy who's like, we shouldn't do something, and he's usually right. Right, know, he's got a good point. And the the other crew like come around to his point a right. lot of times, which is another thing I like about this movie. Right, um, is that they're not uh, these characters aren't as cartoonish as you might find. They're, and they're not dug in. I mean, they are also meant to work together as a crew. Right. So when they make they have discussions and like that, I like the fact that when they do have discussions. And they talk about stuff. And they make decisions. And I, and I like that about it. Right. They've got this overriding goal of saving humanity. A lot of other movies that, that would kind of fade to the background. But right. But it's always kind of present And they're here. all disciplined. I mean, they should. Right. these are probably all guys who went through psych evaluations and stuff. You know, it's like one of those things where you're like, did nobody go through psych evaluations? <laughs> like this one, I'd like to see that at least everyone got there. Like, do you, will you follow orders even if you die? Oh, sure. Will you, <laughs> will you succumb to space madness? Yes. No. I'll try not to. At least check the I'll try not to box. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> but you check the yes. It's like, I know me. I know me. I once got snowed in for the weekend and nearly ate my wife. All right, maybe we don't send you on this chip. 
<laughs> I did get irrationally angry in the amusement park a lot. <laughs> but space should be different, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... They did the way for the space bathroom. <laughs> They actually show a little bit. So um, in the early scene, Chris Evans is uh, attacking Killian Murphy because he didn't get a chance to send back right, a message to right. his family. They're, they're, they're highlighting the tension, which is fine. Right. I, I buy that completely. Yeah. Right, right. And that sort of like thing about like Mace, it's like his hair's all wild and he's got a beard. And the psych professor, the psych crewman is like, you know, get a haircut, straighten yourself up, let's do this. Right. So what I like about that is he, he does kind of go crazy and attack somebody, but... He backs off pretty quickly. Right. It's it's like a sane, sane kind of scene. <laughs> it's tension, and of course, they're not perfect. I mean, they've been trapped. They're, this is a big, there's a lot of pressure on them. But they're still highly trained people. That's not, not going to hopefully break down. Yeah, I need to see more than just assuming. It's weird to, it'd be weird if they just started breaking down. I'm like, well, you just cut out the stuff where I would see them slowly break down. It's going <laughs> to cut to the end. Why are they all trying to kill each other? Oh, that was great. You should have seen that first four years. <laughs> first four years. <laughs> They've only been on a spaceship for a year and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. It's only it's, it's, only it's been seven years since they sent the first oh, one. Okay, and so didn't stop getting a response since the first one went and didn't go. Didn't make well, it. right, they sent the first one, and I guess waited long enough to figure out it wasn't working. <laughs> right, I like the line where like they're fighting, and, and uh, Michelle Yeoh's like excessive manliness. <laughs> oh no, the other the the other ladies like yeah, yeah there's a captain excessive manliness, <laughs> and then and then again they apologize, and I like the apology scene because it's <laughs> he's he's a jerk, but he's also like you know. I'm going to apologize. And then it's like, was that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is also where we see the, and this is where I knew the other captain was going to be in the movie because he was played by Mark Strong. And I'm like, you don't hire Mark Strong as probably just as an extra. So when you see the to, log. To leave a minute long message. Yeah. I was like, nah, nah, he's going to, because he, otherwise you just have somebody else. But Or you just have like a, a voice log. But the fact that they show him, I'm like, yeah, they showed him because he's going to come. Uh, he's going to be important. I thought maybe maybe he'd show up in another log or something like that. But he's the one who shows up at the end and starts killing people. Yeah, Captain Crispy. You're judging him. See, Killian <laughs> Murphy doesn't judge Captain Crispy. No matter how many. How'd that work out for him? <laughs> it didn't work out very well. I was expecting like when he stabbed Killian a couple of times, like he's like, eh, maybe he doesn't mean it. <laughs> Understand that you're angry. <laughs> we get it. Let's try to work on a solution. <laughs> You've been sitting here alone for you know seven years. So they run into a series of setbacks, <laughs> kind of a man versus nature type. Well, of Well, because what happens is is they they get the distress signal right from the other ship. They find the lost original ship. Right, Icarus One, um, orbiting the sun. By the way, naming your your ship that's going to reunite the sun, Icarus, is a terrible idea because Icarus burns up. Yeah, he get close. He gets close to the sun and then comes back. Uh, to Earth. I guess <laughs> I would have called it like a Helios or something, god of the sun. You know, that way it's like I guess you just go live on the sun of Helios. <laughs> just build a house on it. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so they find the distress signal. Cheap real estate on the side. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, beginning here. And this part's slow, but it works. Right. One of the things that happens is the shrink goes up to the uh, observation, observation deck. deck. So there's an observation deck where you can look at the sun, and obviously it's, it's shaded so that you don't <laughs> go blind, burn to a crisp or something. Yeah. Uh, but he lowers the shading to the point where it's painful. <laughs> right. Um, and he's, he's like, strangely enjoying this. Right. Pull everybody to go try <laughs> I think I think of it as kind of like, you know, you're, you're probably stuck in a very muted experience in this spaceship. So it's, like, something that feels very vibrant. Yeah. It's like an anti... 
isolation chamber. Right, because they have that Earth room, but it's not like it's like a it's like a crappy holodeck. It's nice it's projectors, and stuff. but it's just projectors. Yeah, <laughs> again, they, if they had holograms, that'd be weird. <laughs> right, and this is a little bit foreshadowing for uh, Captain Crispy because <laughs> this. Apparently he he had been doing the same thing and, <laughs> and come to the conclusion that the sun was. Uh, Remember, Nakanda's had Captain Handsome, yeah, and I like Captain Crispy. <laughs> it's a recurring theme. Yeah, of, so uh, yeah, this is the <laughs> reducing captains to their <laughs> to their core, <laughs> their basis traits. And like the the other captain, the good captain, this one, Captain Competent, <laughs> Captain No Nonsense. Right. So they debate whether they're gonna go get the yes. Now, obviously, they're going to go. Just from a storytelling perspective, <laughs> there's no point in having that signal if it's not going to lead to them going to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but they don't <laughs> know that. Right. They don't know they're in a story. <laughs> right. And I like this scene because I like it because they like that. They with a reason to go over there. Right. And they talk about it. And I love the idea that the one guy's like, well, there's this option. You know, we need the bomb. And the captain's like, and they're like, well, we should vote on it. And the captain's like, well, no, we're not going to vote. This is this is not how it works. But he's also, I, I like it. it was actually Chris Evans that goes, we're not going to vote. Uh, no. Was the, I think it was the Captain Confident. I don't think it was the Captain. Yeah, it was Captain Confident, because he goes, we are not going to vote. We're, oh, no, somebody else says, oh, somebody else says it. Yeah, and he Radio says... Radio guy? Maybe, and he says, the most qualified person should decide. And the Captain Confident says, our physicist should decide, <laughs> because he's the one who knows how our bomb works and whether we have a chance. <laughs> it's another great scene, because uh, Killian Murphy just is kind of sitting there going, oh, He doesn't want that responsibility. He would want that responsibility. Yeah, and their, their premise is, so, I mean, initially, somebody, people are, like, saying, we should go see if there's anybody still alive over there. And Chris Seven speaks up and is like, we can't. Yeah, that's a super reason We're trying to, to save humanity. Right, We right. can't take that risk. Right, right. <laughs> um... But ultimately, somebody else is. Uh, I think the shrink says um, that there's another there's another device over there, so we could have a backup if the first one right work. <laughs> because they don't know how the bomb really works. Right, it's going to work. It's all kind of theoretical. Right. So that that's a it seems like a solid logical right. grounding for them them taking this. And chance. even then, the killing of the physicist is like, well, I don't know. It's all a guess. It's all a guess. What I'm guessing. And he's like, well, then you've got to make the call. He's like, it's asking me like to flip a coin. It's like, fine, we go. And of course, that's when everything goes wrong. Right. So they start going over there. Benedict Wong is their navigator, I guess. Physicist? No, he's guy. like the navigator guy because he does the math that makes the ship. Well, yeah, but he's got to have you know math background for all that. You don't have to be a physicist to have math background. A rock scientist. He could be a, a yeah. He could be an astronomer. He could be or an astrologer. He'd be the world's he was doing janitor, it. too. I don't know. <laughs> he's an astrologer. It was like Captain Virgo's in the house of the rising sun. <laughs> all signs point to no. <laughs> Why did you move the shields? Because my, my my stars told me don't make any hasty decisions this week. <laughs> Why did we bring this guy along? Oh, I got confused. What did you expect? Bell. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did pass the psychic value. Although he does sort of go space crazy. But he goes self-inflicting space crazy, which is not the same thing. He's already kind of crazy, so right. he can't go space crazy. Right. So yeah, so that's when the problem is when the the because the sun they have that shield of basically mirror shield to project the light back. Right, like Good. this heavy chunk of metal that's got yeah, it's covered in mirrors. You know, one of the things interesting about this is it's very something like that is very similar to a solar sail. Now again, I don't mind for this movie. It would actually equal a lot of pressure. Now I'm assuming also you can you could put Maybe in this, not a lot. So I mean, we well, could also put in this that they took that into account. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. They, they have enough fuel to overcome whatever right. pushback. Solar they, yeah, they, they would know. I mean, if they built it. I like solar sails just because I, I love 
the idea of sailing. <laughs> Set course for Mars. <laughs> sailing the, the starry sky. <laughs> I, I like I like Treasure Planet a lot. Uh, well, Treasure Island is one of my favorite novels, and uh, Treasure Planet, Disney's Treasure Island, like they have like ships. <laughs> I mean, their sails are literally just solar panels, and they power the engines. And it's one of my favorite because it's like space is like an ocean, and they're all like <laughs> riding nice. on these ships. They've got like the gravity keeps them on the ship. At one point, the gravity starts failing, and they all start floating up. But they're still in space. It's really, it's. I'm like, yeah, completely ridiculous. But I love that idea. So sure, I think there was a couple of Star Trek episodes like that. Yeah. <laughs> Arr, prepare the solar sails. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? It was this Futurama. Space pirates. You know, like regular pirates, but it's space. <laughs> Singing a space sparing ditty. Remember he shoot like he shoots and he says away like his ship blows up at one point he's like, Ah, too late. I realize my children were my only treasures. And his ship blows up. <laughs> <laughs> a pirate's life for me. So so yeah, so then they have the problem. This is the first time the sun bites back. <laughs> and um, sunshine too. Sun's bite bites. <laughs> what happens in sunshine too is that the sun is getting too hot and they have to send another mission to cool it down. They have to send a big chunk of ice. Because that's how physics works. <laughs> then I want to make this calculation to change course and he's neglected some element of moving the he forgot the trajectory. The yeah, which like he's really torn up about it. But he's also it's like it's a huge it's a huge difficulty. It's like it's like an easy mistake to make. There's so many things to keep track of. Yeah. Right. And, and the ship tries to correct it, which would I guess like. that flying to the sun would be difficult. <laughs> Trying to alter your trajectory at the last minute. <laughs> That's another bit I like about the movie is that the computer is kind of in charge of certain, a yes. lot of the aspects of the ship. Yes. Because you can't leave those to, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on, you can't leave that to the right. crew. I like that it can override and they can override it. Again, there's lots of safety features deliberately. This is, this is, this expedition never seems like it's poorly planned. Like, it'd be easy to do it. I'm not necessarily bad, but it'd be easy to do it where it's like they were rushed. <laughs> but they, they have, you know, it's like, well, we only had like six months to put this ship together. You know, it would, and it's would have been easy tapes. to have a scene where somebody's manually, like, moving a stick yeah. to, to fly the ship. They have a big crank to but, turn the, the, solar, <laughs> the solar shield. But guess what? That's stupid. Yeah. Put some duct tape on something. <laughs> Lowest government bitter my ass. And... <laughs> Of course, that creates the... Really, that's the beginning of the problem. Captain Competent and uh, Physics Boy, Killian, physics boy. Killian <laughs> the Scarecrow, the go scarecrow. out to fix... And, they're, and, they're, and I love these, uh, these bling suits they wear. Those are my favorite. I love their bling suits. I think they're supposed to be reflective. <laughs> right. I know. I just thought that it would have been cool if they had a big gold clock floating on their neck. <laughs> it's clearly ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're clearly meant to be super reflective. That's why they have such a small visor, you know, because yeah. otherwise it'd be weird to have like the whole reflective thing except that big open like helmet the light thing they have. <laughs> it's just, it's protecting me and his head face is just melted off. <laughs> they're big chunky gold suits. Yes, they are chunky. They are not easy to use, which face is hostile, so I, I get that. There's a few broken panels on yes. the like the hydraulics on some of the panels broke, so they have to go out and fix it. Yes. And so that's when they start fixing them, but of course they also have the problem of the, the ships, the sun's starting to kind of hit the ship, the shields, and they had to get those fixed. Right. They had to turn the ship a little bit so yeah. they could go in the part that was not in the sun <laughs> to fix that bit of the shield. <laughs> and uh, and then the oxygen garden yep. catches fire, which is pretty nasty. You need uh, you need air. Yeah, it seems bad. <laughs> you need more words of Schwarzenegger. Give the people the air. <laughs> 
It's another kind of science <laughs> thing that makes sense because they have oxygen stored up. Right? And, and they're not just immediately screwed. Right, um, right. But they certainly don't have enough oxygen. Well, I love the idea that they have, uh, they're using the, the plants to create oxygen. Yeah. Which is natural. It makes sense. Not some complicated like system. It's like, well, it's just plants. So they've lost so much oxygen now that they have to go dock with the other ship. Right. They have no choice. Right. When Michelle uh, Yo is like standing in that part where it's all on fire, <laughs> it's pretty creepy, man. It's pretty. And she's like, you know, no, because that's her job. Like, keep the plants and all that. Right. And she she's really torn are. up. And yeah, plus he's just, you know, it's like watching it all go. And when they, they burn that, I mean, that shot is pretty cool. Because basically because she's standing in that fireproof section and that fire's all around her. And I'm just like, yeah, that, that's pretty, that's a good, that's a good shot. I like that yeah. shot. And you know they're screwed. Yeah. You this, need oxygen. This is the beginning of them being completely mm-hmm. boned. So at this point, I mean, they don't have as uh, enough oxygen to do much, except maybe dock with that ship. Right. But they talk about things in terms of getting, like, the payload to the sun at this point. Right. And they yeah. all just kind of accept, you know, we, we're not going to make it back. We're going to lose a couple of people. We need to lose a couple of people before we even get there. Right. <laughs> and I and I like that, you know, like uh, Wong, it's, I mean, Benedict Wong's going through his tray. His tray, he's going through this guilt trip because he feels like he's responsible for the death of the captain and all this stuff. And, you know, I guess it's, you know, technically his responsibility, but he, the captain still made choices. I mean, it's tiff. And they're even like, well, should we just let him kill himself? <laughs> and then uh, Michelle Yeoh's like, well, no. Because yeah, we still need two more people to die. That's a lot. That's a that's a tough thing. It's a tall butcher's bill. And uh, and then so they dock with the ship. And this is again where it gets a little weird to me because when they dock with the ship, we get those flashes of the faces. Yeah. And I was like, I called it. Even though I had seen this movie, you forgot it. You were like, what's going on? And I was just like, that's there's gonna be a picture that looks just like that. There's gonna be a picture somewhere that looks like that because it's their smiling faces before they all got screwed. Right. Sure There's enough. a picture like that on Icarus 2 also. Right. That's why I figured it out. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't really... I guess it's supposed to be foreshadowing, but it, it just seems clumsy to me. It seems distracting. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Yeah, because it's kind of like, yeah, we know things went wrong. They probably weren't wrong at the beginning. Right. I don't need to see the faces of all these people that I have not met. Right. <laughs> oh, in the movie. something went wrong? <laughs> I'm trying to picture, like, maybe it went wrong almost immediately. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, kind of the... like, they were just on the ship. <laughs> like, they were like, gentlemen... We have just reached low Earth orbit. Fuck you, Captain. <laughs> Keep giving the Captain wedgies and rope lilies. <laughs> hey, put down that knife. You're not the boss of me. Da, 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 da. Captain's log. This is not going well. <laughs> That's when they introduced the survey. <laughs> we should have done that. It's a hero back. He's like, hey, uh, Mr. Strong, would you like to fill this out? Space crazy, don't mind if I do. Damn it. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> uh, they get on the ship, there's a lot of dust, which somebody says is human skin. skin which, which I guess, is. I guess. It feels like one of those fake facts to me, but it could be a real fact. Are we going to Google this? Yeah, I think we are. Is house dust mostly dead skin? Dust is not mostly human yeah. skin. Yeah. But it does consist of some pretty gross stuff. Yes, it's gross. <laughs> I'm just saying... They're going to do the hard sci-fi. Now, in that case, that dust is probably mostly human skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not much else on that. Yeah. So there you go. We'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't agree to that. <laughs> so. Wait, what? <laughs> so they go in. They're getting all the signs and they're wandering around. It's all pretty normal. It gets good. It's good. It's, it's atmospheric. Um, they find the. The hope goes up a little bit. With the, the, the unchecked, the super garden that they yeah. find. The Icarus One Oxygen Garden's yeah. doing just fine. <laughs> right. The ship's still kind of functional, which they kind of established it because that way you know that that's why the guy could survive. If you don't know he's there yet. And then they find all the guys dead in the observation platform. Yeah. 
look like they were fried by the sun. Essentially. So well, they opened the uh, shade on the viewing portal. My, my theory is that the captain sabotaged the ship and it crashed, and other people were like, well, we're screwed, we can't do anything else now. So why? They kind of. Yes. I mean, I what like are you going to do? He got him up there and then just opened the, the blind. Well, I guess. I mean, you can do that too. I think we should keep speculating. <laughs> keep speculating. I think <laughs> they were uh, having a dare party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dare me to open the shutter all the way? I dare you. No, no. Ah! <laughs> well, I'll show you. I never lose a dare. Hey, I dare you to crash this ship. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> I'm going to turn up this jam. <laughs> Greg, no. That's the sundial. That's another option. That's right. Bad controls. They talked to the computer. The computer like, easy. Icarus, play Here Comes the Sun. Opening the sun. No! <laughs> Voice technology is very tricky. <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> play Open the Sunshade. <laughs> Just when, yeah, of course, we get, and of course you know it's not going to go. <laughs> They're not going to just get all that garden stuff and go like, oh, we're in it, we're fine, the end. <laughs> right. Chris Evans, I think, finds the, the supercomputer has been pulled out of oh, liquid yeah, nitrogen. Been, that's right. Which caused it to fry. And apparently everything's inoperable without uh, the computer online. Right. Or at least most of it is. Right. Well, like plumbing and stuff like that's a little different. But. Yeah. Enough of it's inoperable that they right. can't move the spaceship to where it needs to go. Right. The, the two ships separate. Something causes them to separate. And the, the sever. Something causes them. Something. We don't know what yet. And the, the ship. And so they can't redock. Yeah. And they've got to find a way to get back. They have to make a daring escape. Mace. And this is why he's a jerk, but he's also like, well, we've captain got one spacesuit. Well, actually, the, the comms guy is the captain now. Right. He took over command after um, Captain Competent. That's right. <laughs> died on this, the sun shield. Keeping the shell going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mace is like, well, we got one suit, but we need to have our physicists take it. Right. And the other guy's <laughs> this like... Is another, <laughs> this is another, all right, humanity before... <laughs> Petty, petty survival right. instincts. Well, you know, he's like the, the what defines uh, most of them, but especially makes is his dedication to the mission. He yep. definitely is always thinking about the mission. I mean, that's why he's a jerk, but he's also right because he's like, <laughs> "What are we doing?" Asshole has a point. <laughs> they put uh, Kelly and Murphy in the suit. And this is the closest we get to to somebody on their crew, almost like losing their shit, right? Because <laughs> the comms guy is like, "Well, I'm the captain. I'm taking the suit." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get out of the suit. That's right. He doesn't, but only because they're like, "Well, we'll, we'll, Jen." They had this plan to open it up and shoot out. And this is where, again, the physics is not right because it's a common misconception that you freeze in space, but you actually you actually overheat in space because there's no convection, because there's no air. Which is like Space Shuttle has a has a systems to vent heat because without that, you're just going to bottle it in. You're just going to boil yourself alive. Um, that's fine. Okay, I can overlook it. <laughs> the part where this is kind of accurate is you can survive a period of time yes. in just open void. Right. Just, uh, you have like a minute, couple of minutes or something. Yeah, you might. I, I haven't looked it up lately. It's not really relevant to my life. I'm very rarely <laughs> do I have to navigate voids. Very rarely. <laughs> you ever get on one of those uh, flights to Mars? You know, Elon Musk is. I'm going to give you the truth. If I open my door and there's a void out there, I just close it. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, use the back door. There's a void. Use the back door. <laughs> Oof! Not going out today. <laughs> That's too voidy. It's too warm out there. It's not cold. It's warm. Technically, it's cold, but to me, it feels warm. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little tip for you kids. This is like the GI Joe safety tip. Hey, there's a void outside my front door. Don't go out that door. <laughs> Roadblock. <laughs> there's a void. Go out the back door. You'll be alive. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. <laughs>
What I wonder is why the space Joe isn't giving that tip about avoid safety as opposed to a roadblock. But what can you do? It's all politics. So they shoot out. Well, the one guy's got to stay. Punch yeah. the button. It's the, the shrink who's been yes. sitting in the sun chamber. Right. They rocket across. The comms officer captain gets knocked away. They can't save him. They do. They, they, he thinks about it. He's going to try, but he's just too late. Yeah. Uh, and he freezes. He freezes. Rolling <laughs> my eyes. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> but the other two make it right yes chris evans almost floats off but, right uh, almost yeah he killing pulls him in, pulls him in yeah <laughs> i like that uh the comms officer flies off and killing like stops to look right he tries he doesn't sit there for a long time he thinks about it because like, well, if he can <laughs> but it's too late yeah the guy's so far gone otherwise i do like you know that he's not completely he's not like oh screw that guy <laughs> he's still they're, they're working together as a team right it's and just, again it, a lot of movies like, the guy would have just stood there for a long time, uh, maybe, until just the last minute. Or it would have been like like a long scene of reaching out, I can't make it. <laughs> just do it. He's not going to make it. Yeah, you don't need that. No. <laughs> it's, it's pretty clear. Yeah, guys it's pretty clear. <laughs> then he freezes and then he bursts into flame when he gets past the sun shield. <laughs> right. Snap. Firecracker. That's right. The other guy gets to uh, look at the sun finally in his purest form. Yeah. Which to me sounds horrible. Seems like a bad way I mean, to go. I guess there's not a lot of good ways to kill yourself, though, in space in that situation. Did he have to kill himself that, that early? He well, just hung out. <laughs> but yeah, if he's going to. I would have used the playing cards. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> so bad. That's fair. I mean, eventually he'll decide to kill himself, right? Uh, this isn't so bad. I it seems like a bad hang way out. to kill yourself. <laughs> I could hang out and just. Uh... <laughs> Play some cards. Eat some carrots. There's a deck of playing cards. The line has 51 cards in it. Oh! No! <laughs> he, uh, he finds a bunch of books, but he breaks his gluten glasses. <laughs> oh, well, I can still read the large print books. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I mean, hey, if you're going to go, I guess, I don't know. I've never killed, been killed by being <laughs> he was within the death initiated. radius of the sun. <laughs> Being initiated in the Sun religion, yeah, so yeah, I think he was all in at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, why not, right? Well, there is that true because that when the captain's dying, he's even like, "What do you see?" He's kind of excited about it. <laughs> yeah. like the captain's going to give him something. It's like, see the friggin' sun. What do you want me to tell you? Yeah, so it's the common. It's the proxy for um, Captain Crispy, right? Because <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> yes. This is the the inkling of how he got to where he was. <laughs> Because uh, the shrink's following the same arc, he's not. He's not as far gone, and he right. wouldn't. You get the impression he wouldn't go as far. They right. do the mission, they come back. So he has sort of a sun worship thing, which is the idea that this is this immense life giving celestial body, and it's you're so close to it. And really, it's again, it's the only stimulation you have in this space. Works, but again, he's also not an idiot. Uh, he would have played the role of the crazy guy if they didn't have the other crazy guy who what somehow <laughs> snuck aboard the ship like a ninja. You know, here's the thing. You gotta wonder that guy. Like, was he really? I, I, yeah, I know he's crazy, but was he ready? Because it seemed like he's just sitting there in the dark, and suddenly it's like he's been like seven years, and suddenly he's like, kook, kook. <laughs> this is why I had trouble with it because he's well, first of all, his whole body's like just I know third degree burns. Right, <laughs> he should be dead just from infections and stuff and, and leakage. Like, yeah, because like you know, like there's that there's that cliche about like if you. Have a, like you get your hand cut off, you'll burn the stump, and then you won't bleed to death. You still bleed to death because you still lose fluids over the burn. <laughs> it's just it's a little slower. But this guy's like crispy. Captain Crispy is probably not walking around a little bit. Yeah, he certainly is not moving very fast. Yeah, but somehow you're right. Not only was he like, oh shit, they're coming aboard. Oh boy, I know. I'm gonna hide and sneak aboard. Not only did he do that, he found time to sabotage right. the airlock and the supercomputer. Yeah, Captain Crispy is a doer. <laughs> That's why he's the captain. <laughs> he's very motivated. 
in the service of Helios. You know, sometimes you get those space madness guys that just want to sit around all day and talk about, like, philosophy. <laughs> no, he's a doer. He's like, how can I screw this mission up today? Not your lazy loafer space crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting in the corner speaking in tongues. Yeah, it'd be really boring. If he just yeah, he comes in, they're just like, he's sitting in the corner. He's like, hey, guys. <laughs> And they're like, should we take him? I guess we'll take him back to the ship. And then he just starts hitting people with pipes. I want to see somebody who goes space crazy, but is just kind of harmless. <laughs> that fits with our uh, idea of the Whatever, fiction Doug. about they send a space mission and everything goes right. <laughs> should we go pick? Should we go check the other ship? Yeah, so check it out. Did you have problems? No, it's good. It's cool. <laughs> it's like my Jurassic Park fan fiction where everything goes right. <laughs> Let's build a ro- amusement park with robots. Everything's smooth. <laughs> anyway, the space crazy guy is just like. Oh, man. The sun, man. The sun. Can you do your job? Yeah, I can do it fine. <laughs> fine. You can worship the sun all you want. <laughs> the sun spoke to me. It said we should complete our mission. All right. We're all on board. I like, I, the, I like the Jurassic Park thing. Maybe they lose a dinosaur for a while, but then he just turns up <laughs> in the cage. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, oh. Here's the thing, and this is the one that I told my other pet peeve, and, and it's like, I don't mind that the guy goes space crazy. I don't even mind that he's, like, just going to sabotage everything. I mind that he's like, I've seen God, and God wants us to die. You know, I get that. It's not this unbelievable to me. It just strikes me as lazy. It's like that movie Jumper where, you know, Samuel Jackson and his guys hate the jumpers. They don't hate them because they're dangerous and they have a lot of power. They hate them because they're like, well, God doesn't like you. Or like when Lazy Riders with <laughs> X-Men where they'll be like, people should have a good reason to maybe be afraid of guys who can teleport and, you know, control fire. And all. But instead it's like, because man is number one and mutants should not exceed man. And it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I get it. It's not that it's unbelievable to me. It's just, it's really lazy way for a guy to go crazy. It kind of is. I, you know, I'm not religious and I'm not usually going out of my way to, I don't. Is that know. important? Well, it can be in the sense that I'm not a huge, I'm not very even pro-religion, but I'm also kind of like, that doesn't mean that it's just a vacation for a guy going crazy. Is Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. And it just, it's just lazy. It's a very shallow view of religion. Right. And it's not that it's not completely plausible. I mean, people go crazy all the time. Sure. In religions and not religions. But, you Jumper know. Jumper and X-Men, I think, it makes sense in those stories for, for people to say, like, I want to harness these yes. these guys and use them as, you know, weapons or tools or yeah. something. Which certainly happens a lot in the X-Men. Right. Um, well, and like, and I think in this one, like, all you have to do is that guy go space crazy. He doesn't need to start talking about that. He can just be like, clearly he's just gone insane. Yeah. Then it's fine. Because if it's just in undiagnosed space craziness... <laughs> Your generic space craziness. Undiagnosed space craziness. <laughs> I mean, it's it'd be weird if he was obsessive compulsive and he was just like had to touch norms all the time. It's like how do they make a ship goes? It's like Captain, you need to push that button exactly four times. Don't do it, Captain. Don't do it. This is a Resident Evil style ship. <laughs> all kinds of arcane puzzles that you have to solve. <laughs> I do like two in this in this show. I will give credit to this. There's never that weird thing where they've got like some weird room that almost looks just like a puzzle. It spins in a weird way at certain times. Run across it at the right time. Yeah, it's like, this ship seems like it's something that's designed for people. There's a part in Mystery Men, which I think maybe we should do. Uh, I, I love Mystery Men. They're trying to rescue the the hero. What's his name? Yeah, there's toggles on the wall. <laughs> you have to like <laughs> pull them in a certain yeah. order. <laughs> Well, it's the same way it's a Galaxy Quest, which is great, where it's like they have to navigate that corridor. Stupid. They're like, why is this in there? This isn't the show. Well, it's a stupid show. The writers are stupid. (laughs) I like this idea that there's undiagnosed space (laughs) crystal. The shrink looked at him. He's like, oh, he's just got a case of the Mondays. (laughs) He's got the Mondays. Some space craziness is very specific. (laughs) 
And they still don't know that other guy's on the board yet. They don't know uh, Captain <laughs> Crispy <laughs> is on board. Well, they know somebody sabotaged the airlock. Right. <laughs> they're trying to figure out who it is, and they haven't like made the leap. The well, they don't know there's somebody else on board. Right. There's yeah. no reason to since, like, I mean, the movie hasn't even shown that. Because um, he's a fucking ninja. Because <laughs> <laughs> the movie can't even watch him. And, uh, and so they think maybe uh, uh, Trey did it. In his yeah. depression. And they're like debating whether they should kill him or not because they need to Wong. kill somebody. Yes. <laughs> Benedict Wong. I love Benedict Wong because he plays Wong in Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's actor was named Benedict. So, <laughs> so I never forget his name anymore. I don't think I'm going to after yeah, this. Benedict Wong. <laughs> and uh, he was really great. You watched IT Squad, right? Have you? Yeah. I mean, IT Crowd. Um, whereas uh, he's the one with number, number with uh, oh, Countdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the number one rule of uh, Street Countdown is. You must tell everyone it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what uh, Masa's handle was. <laughs> Wasn't it like uh, negative one, negative one, or something like that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that one. The the I don't even know what that game show was. That I love. <laughs> it's already a word to nut and bar. Use it in a sentence. <laughs> That's a lovely to nut and bar you have there. <laughs> it crowd, go check it out. <laughs> And the great show, it's on Netflix and uh, Hulu last time I checked. It's, 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 it's very surreal. I love the one. My favorite one is the one with the uh, the, the girl he's dating that her parents died in the aquarium. Sea Park Fire. <laughs> yeah. And he spends the whole episode trying to figure out how she could have died. How they could have died in a Sea Park Fire. He's got those models. He's built that exact model. Oh, well, that's how it happened. <laughs> This model's all burned. <laughs> um, so, uh, Back to this craziness. Right. So every time they show Captain Crispy, <laughs> some kind of blur or shaky cam on the well, thing so you don't get a clear shot of so him. So they lose, they lose Trey because he's killed himself because of the guild. And they have a little bit yeah. of throw, a, Well, they uh, decide they're going to kill him because they have to kill somebody. Right. <laughs> and they think he's the only one that... By process of elimination, he's the only one that could have sabotaged the ship. Well, not only that, but they actually have to kill somebody to right. have enough oxygen right. to get to the sun. Right. So there's this discussion where it's going to happen either way. Yeah. Uh, Trace killed himself. For the guilt. Right. Made a mess in the hologram chamber. <laughs> what a douche. Rude. I felt sorry for him at first, but now... <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hard to get that blood out. Uh, you know, luckily they're going to die pretty soon, so it's okay. <laughs> Chris Evans does a symbolic, blood literally puts hand. the blood on, yeah. on Killian Murphy's hands. Yeah. The, it's, it's, it's a lot of stress. And then everything looks like it's fine. And then they're like, oh, we're going to die. And here's where, again, this is where I feel like this is the only part of the movie, not counting the weird editing, where I feel like this is artificial drama. Because what happens is, one, the ship doesn't alert them that they're going to die until they ask it. That's stupid because I mean, at one point the ship's even going to take control of, against them. So it's clearly uh, modified. I'm actually kind of okay with that because the computer is not – you can't expect it to be omniscient, right? It, it has yeah. these functions where you can't like program every contingency in necessarily. I guess. I'll overlook that. <laughs> but then when he finds out that there's a crewman uh, – I will argue in defense of this computer. I'll agree that one. But when he finds out there's a crewman that they don't know right. in the solar observation chamber, instead of instead of – Telling somebody, oh, notify the you know the rest of the crew. He just got on his own, on his own. Well, that's stupid. There's no reason for him to do that. He's never behaved stupidly at any point in this movie, right? He and just, he just Scooby Doo's over there, right? And again, I'm still like, okay, fine. He's not really that. He's not worried yet. He's still kind of questioning. Although they know someone sabotaged it, and they they have. He walks over and he sees Captain Crispy <laughs> in the sunroom, <laughs> monologuing like some kind of crazy man, like a supervillain, right? <laughs> Right, he's not sitting there like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> he walks over to, I don't know, caress his cheek or something. 
He walks over and he's just like, Captain is like, ah, I saw the sun. You're not, I get it, he's not the psych officer. But you can see when someone's got the space crazies. <laughs> yeah, your first instinct shouldn't be to walk over and poke him. I'm telling you, Scott, <laughs> if I came over and you're sitting in the sunroom, <laughs> I have seen the sun. Even if you're not all crispy. God spoke to me. Right, God spoke to me. <laughs> just slowly back out. Yeah. <laughs> But he he walks over, so it's stupid. It's like it's supposed to be scary, but it's a dumb scene to me. This is the point in the movie where like anacondas, they don't do anything like that. Anacondas, they they're screwed. They're in a bad situation, <laughs> and very and no point in anacondas do like something really obvious. Like the closest you get is when the one guy betrays them and, and leaves the guy to get eaten by the snake. Even that's still logically consistent. Right, right. And he and he's not even leaving to eaten by a snake, he's just leaving to get out of the way. But in this case you're right. It's like I just you what they need is this guy to be a ninja and they need him to cause trouble. He could still cause trouble. You could still create a situation where he caused trouble. But you did it by basically ignoring the situation. The character created the situation, even though the characters in this... And one of the things that the movie got credit for is, even when the characters, like, are screwing up, they're not making a situation where they're trying all to solve the problem. Somebody's always sensible. These are highly trained individuals. Right. The first two acts of the movie are very consistent. And when somebody does something stupid, it fits with their character. Like, like Michelle Yeoh wants to get into the... the the plant bay. Well, right, because, I mean, she knows that they're dead. It's also it. really important to her. This is kind of the thing that's been keeping her sane, too. Right. But she knows that they're dead. And, yeah, she shouldn't do it, and they don't let her do it. <laughs> but you would know, like, if to me, if she did something like, you know, throw open a door and run in and get a catch on fire, it wouldn't seem that weird, because it's a tense situation. Right. She wanted him to try right. to put out some of the fires, probably. Right. Calm officer takes over, and he wants to, like, steal the suit. He's not fighting. He's just, come in, give me the suit. He's still willing to do, like, okay, well, I'll wrap myself in this plastic, and I'll do it. But this is the one case where it's like. This is a problem because a character reacted in a way that, you know, characters never have to behave rationally, but there's no reason for him to do this. There's no reason for him not yeah. to, to... I mean, he should have connected the dots yeah. based on and again, his, it, his history in this movie. <laughs> I'm even willing to overlook it. Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go check. And then he goes in and the guy jumps at him and surprises him. But the guy's sitting there... And I know it's supposed to build suspense or drama, but it's clearly this guy's got the space crazies. You know, if it'd be different, he was sitting there calmly, and then he's like, and then the guy like spins around and stabs him. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole situation with that guy is just it's the weakest part of the movie, right? Because he cha- and again he chases the main character, and the main character doesn't. I mean, uh, doesn't you know? Killing doesn't say like, hey. Icarus alert the others. There's a guy on board. It shows he that tried. he drops his calm thing. Yeah, in the room, yeah. That he was in there in the first place. Yeah, is the problem. And then he runs in and he gets hides behind the airlock. And the other guy's gonna get again. Ninja guy gets to run everywhere he wants. <laughs> Braid the computer. He kills Michelle Yeoh. Poor Michelle Yeoh. She's awesome. But every time she's not in a movie where she does martial arts, she just gets killed. <laughs> well, to be fair, everybody dies in this movie. <laughs> That's true. I love Michelle Yeoh's one of my favorite James Bonds. I was talking about uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. She's really good in that one. It's got a cool sequence where James Bond and her are riding a motorcycle handcuffed together. Yeah. It's a great sequence. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just, yeah, she's good. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun movie. I like, I like fun James Bond. I don't like sad James Bond. I guess. <laughs> Angsty James Bond. Angsty James Bond. Like, if you were like, oh, you want the gadgets? No, I don't care about the gadgets. I just want a guy who, well, first of all, is good at his job. I, I really, <laughs> I feel like Daniel Craig's James Bond is just, like, really bad at what he does. Everyone in Sunshine, except for this one moment, is good at their job. I feel like angsty James Bond is kind of like, you know, you could have sent somebody else to do that. There is that movie that's all about how he's too old to be a spy. <laughs> And he's still good at it. Never say never again. No, no. I mean, the uh, Daniel Craig what was the name of it. Sky. Something. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, he's terrible at that one. <laughs> Skyfall. That's Skyfall. He, he doesn't win at all. The bad guy succeeds every single level. Right. And at the end of the movie, you're like, ready to report to duty? I'm like, fire his ass. What are you talking about? I wrote a whole blog post about it, about like, 
Did you? How bad? I don't care that it's dark. I care that he's bad at his job. No, to be fair, That's everybody weird. is bad at their job in that movie. Everybody is bad at their job <laughs> in that movie. The bad guy's bad at his job. Everybody's. Gr- groundskeeper? <laughs> he might be okay at his job. Groundskeeper Willie? Those were some pretty nice grounds. <laughs> they seemed well-maintained. They seemed well-maintained. So anyway, yes, this is to me the moment that this is where this movie becomes less combined with the annoying direction. This is where I get annoyed at the movie. Otherwise, I'm like, yeah, this is a better movie than Anaconda's, except it's not at the end because it's contrived. And also, let me see what's going on. It's really irritating. Yeah, that camera stuff gets old fast. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of and maybe it's just because they didn't have the budget for it. But there are a lot of cuts. Shaky cam. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, but the way it's shot is very deliberate. Seems, you never get a clear yeah. vision of him. And maybe you're right. Maybe they're going for this purposeful. idea that he's like a phantom or something. I think he's become part of the sun. <laughs> but the sun doesn't want you to light it on fire again. <laughs> you just can't look directly at it. The sun's maybe angry. The sun doesn't want you to light it on fire again. That's true. Maybe the sun's just, I'm old. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> yeah. I only got three weeks till retirement. <laughs> <laughs> How would I give it you people enough? <laughs> That's the ultimate irony is he is right. They are right. The sun's like, no, I'm ready to stop. <laughs> Don't anthropomorphize the sun. Uh, maybe you Kids. were right. I have seen the sun, Scott. <laughs> I've got the Earth space crazies. The Earth space crazies. <laughs> so. That's just crazy. <laughs> that's just. That's just regular crazy. <laughs> you got me. Land rivets. <laughs> He sabotages the computer. Which consists of uh, pulling it out of liquid nitrogen. Right, and overheats. <laughs> right. That cold stuff, whatever it is. I'm assuming it's liquid nitrogen. Right, whatever it is. And they've established it's cold. Even though Chris Evans spends a long time swimming around in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with, since they don't establish what it is, it can be whatever we want it to be, and that can justify it. Kind of like the last Fair dragon enough. roll, if there's that fish in the tank, <laughs> we never see what it is. It's not liquid nitrogen. It's whatever it takes to just kill him just enough. Okay. He has to fix the computer. It's uh, antifreeze. <laughs> You're saying it was just slightly cold water. Or ice water, sure. Ice water. <laughs> I just picture like, we need more ice for the computer. There's some guy who's got the ice job. <laughs> oh, I gotta just get some ice. In. There's a big block of ice and a pick. Hey, you are some ice. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie, he's just sitting there while they're all running around. Like, What's going on there? He's a eyes on there. He's the version of Scruffy. Now I'm picturing like somebody's running, being chased by the killer. And they run past the guy. What's going on? Right? I got it. <laughs> Here we got a space, case of the space crazies. Yeah, I could have told you. The ice keeps you sane. <laughs> so he's got to fix that. Meanwhile, yeah. killer guy is chasing. So which really involves him swimming in whatever it is. Right, and just doing stuff until it, free, yeah. Killian Murphy's got to get out of the airlock, which he does, with a very, you know, dangerous plan, but hey, it works. Daredevil, you might say. That's right. And then she's being chased by the, this is the part where I think it also loses, I think the movie loses its direction, because she's being chased by this killer, and we're not really sheer, clear about what's going on and where. Yeah. We lose track of her. There's no real clear shots about like where people are at right. a certain point in the movie. Right. This is kind of where it falls apart a little bit. He gets out. He launches the the bomb. He jumps onto the bomb. He gets in there. Yeah, he's going to drive the bomb. Yeah, he's going to drive the bomb. He's going to do a uh, Slim Pickens, Dr. Strangelove. Have you seen Dr. Strangelove? Nope. You ever seen that shot of, of you know the guy on the bomb, Slim Pickens? You know Slim Pickens, right? You probably don't because you're not cool. He's a country guy. He's a country personality. He was on Hee Haw, and uh, but there's a he was an actor. Hee Haw, you say? <laughs> yeah, Strange Strangelove is it's this black comedy about nuclear Armageddon, and at the end he's trying to get the bomb to drop off because it's got stuck, and it's actually shouldn't they don't want it to drop off, but it got stuck. But he doesn't know that he thinks he's supposed to, so he he's kicking it, kicking it, and it, and it basically he drops it, 
And so he's riding on it, and he knows he's going to die, but he's just like, yee-haw, yee-haw. <laughs> and that's the end of the world. <laughs> I've seen the Simpsons version of it. Yes, you've seen it, yeah. So he's going to ride that bomb into the sun. Yeah, he is. And conveniently, uh, Captain Crispy. <laughs> and, the and, and the last lady. Uh, and somehow, somehow Captain Crispy's able to Apparently still he's do got stuff. superhuman strength. Right! <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's like, I know that he's crazy, but how did he... Burn to a crisp. Yeah, he's choking. It, it's it just... It's the thing Killing that... Murphy with one hand. <laughs> it's the thing that strikes me as the most... It doesn't fit with the rest of this movie. Maybe that's it. Anacondas all fits. There's giant snakes. At the end, there's giant snakes. There's a giant pit of snakes. There's a deadly spider. It all fits. This one, it feels like this crispy guy he feels <laughs> like he's he's from a different movie it kind of does crosses over into this weird horror movie right end. uh yeah it just it's just it's a week it's he's, a week he's basically jason it's weird you're not as you're thinking about it yeah yeah maybe that's it because it's not just that we don't see him why would he have superhuman strength he could be tough sure i'll pretend like he's tough sure you know maybe he just sits all day doing sit-ups and push-ups so it's like one day someone's gonna get on here <laughs> And I'm going to kill them all. Again, though, covered third degree burns. Right. Well, like at one point, and again, it's it's, it's like he's he's holding the, the guy, he's holding Killian, and the woman jumps on, and they, his arm starts, his skin of his arm starts yeah. peeling off. His arm, like, disintegrates. <laughs> and, like, he's not, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it just feels, it feels off. Yeah. And it doesn't help the direction's clumsy. But anyway, then they get to the bomb. They set the bomb off. This scene, I'm getting irritated more at this movie for the end. <laughs> the bomb thing goes like goes off, and there's this long shot of like him like looking at this the fire. I'm like, why is he not just immediately incinerated? More dramatic though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll give you that. It's drama. But that's the problem. Is I feel like up to this point, most things happen. That is a little strange. <laughs> I feel like up to up to the point where the the Captain Crispy shows up, everything in this movie fits with. It's dramatic, but it's dramatic based on the reality situation. And then Captain Crispy shows up and it becomes melodramatic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. That last scene would have been fine if he had been burned to a sunset, right. but you still got to see the reaction. Right. I don't mind, like, I know that he would have been, like, technically probably burned immediately. I didn't mind where he's, like, looking at it and it's coming towards him. Then you just cut away as it ignites the sun. Yeah. But instead it's kind of like, mm, he's looking at it. <laughs> he's reaching out to touch it for right. some reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's seen the face of God and he's like, oh my God, the sun didn't want me to do this. Captain Crispy's like, I told you! <laughs> He's in the back wagging his finger. Uh-uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> we cut to Earth. Oh, yeah. We're uh, deep winter. Right, and you see his sister and the kids. Some people in the snow. Well, there is kids. Yeah. His sister. Because yeah. he says, and he's like, if you see a especially beautiful day, you'll know we did it. And then the sun starts shining, and that's the end. And then cue the song, Here Comes the Sun. I know that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I want that to be there. I'm walking on sunshine. That'd be another one I could do with. Black hole sun. That would fit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So many possibilities here. Right. And then the credits start rolling. And as you pointed out, the credits start rolling. And then they start showing us scenes of the movie we just watched on the side. These are scenes that are basically a summary of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey guys, remember all this stuff that happened? <laughs> I remember that part. Isn't that great? <laughs> weird. It's a weird choice. Yeah. You'd expect outtakes or something? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, because like uh, Kong, Skull Island, they have a little bit where the credits are rolling and there's a thing on the side. But it's sort of it's it's sort of uh, epilogue with the story from one of the characters. That's the kind of thing you'd right. expect to see there. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the terrible uh, or, Dana Carvey, Master Fury. of Disguise. Nick Fury saying, what's the particular team? <laughs> I'm going to put together a team of Captain America, the Scarecrow, Sinestro... <laughs> And Wong, uh, sir, they all burned up on the sun. Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Never mind. She played a, a superhero, by the way, in a in a, a movie called Silverhawk, where she played Silverhawk. I think it's a original Grants? character. Yeah. So 
that's it. The movie <laughs> it doesn't end with walking on sunshine. It's just all part of the flawed third act. That's just part. <laughs> so I, just I love, I love <laughs> the sun like brightening up. Ah, hey, I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> then they start showing the scenes from the movie where people are being running around and dying. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> dying with that poor little plant in her hands. It don't feel good. <laughs> so I enjoyed the movie. I, I still think it's pretty good. Um, I think it's, it did, yeah. It, it had more problems at the end than I remembered it yes. having. But I think it's uh, good. That being said, yeah. I think it's still worth watching. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I don't hate the third act. I just think it's a little clumsy. Especially since the first two acts, the first... Two thirds of the movie are pretty solid. Like I feel like every character behaves well. Every problem is a real problem they might have. Every solution is a real solution they might have. Even when they do crazy stuff like shoot themselves out of the airlock, it's done in a way that's kind of feasible. Sure. And and you it's know, even, right? It's they, not like they stage it so it's not that crazy. Right. It doesn't look like they shot him like halfway across. I mean, either they shoot him across out of the airlock, or they all just stay there. And right. Die, so. Right. So so I think it has a weak ending, but. Uh, they made some odd choices at the end there. Yeah, and it's I, I don't know. It just feels like maybe a different writer came in, or maybe it was just like I'm not really sure. I want something really big and dramatic to happen. You never can tell. I'm gonna chalk it up to uh, producer interference. Could be. Could be someone's like, oh, we need something really cool here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I liked it. I still think it's a good movie. Buffy. Yeah. All right, and I do like you're right that it's a it's a space sci-fi movie that for the most part trying to have a sheen of of real science fiction in it. I think that's one of the things I like about it is that it's it's a pretty good example. Um, in the first two thirds of what a good science fiction movie looks like, right? Because um, nobody has to act weird or like introduce technology, that right? And they don't resistance. run into like a weird. I mean, I like aliens, but they don't run into a weird alien thing that's changing <laughs> the ship. You know what I mean? It's like he it doesn't get into that weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just pure man versus nature. Yes, and even the space crazy <laughs> space crazy from that captain is kind of when it's weird. And that that might, would have been fine if they treated it a little differently. Yeah. It's just a matter of degrees. Yeah. I actually had no problem. I could easily see him working if he wasn't so over the top and weird. Because right. there's plenty of movies about like, I was talking about Supernova, which is a similar idea, which is there's this ship and it finds an artifact and, and uh, there's a guy on board and he's kind of slowly realized he's kind of, he's not, he's not really space crazy. He's just, but he's, he's got a, his own agenda. And it's like it works because he's got his own agenda. There's a Pandorum, which is another one which does have people going space crazy and mutants. It still works because everyone kind of fits together. This one, like, just he just feels like he doesn't belong in this movie. He just feels like, like just a few degrees back, he would belong in this movie. Well, on that note, since that guy felt kind of like Jason, it seems like you were inspired. <laughs> I was. Our, our next movie was going to be uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason, <laughs> which is one of my my favorite movies. <laughs> I had this on DVD, and it had one of the best DVDs I had. Like, it had, like, a 12-part making of. And they <laughs> talked about the different steps of this movie and how they made it. And they were talking about stuff like when they were hiring writers, like, the directors, they were like, oh, I'd love to do it. And they are like, have you watched any of these movies? And they're like, no. They're like, well, why do you want to do it? Because it's going to be big. And they're like, well, we want somebody who kind of knows these characters. <laughs> the screenwriters, their first stab at this was, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie because they had to try to make it make sense. Oh, my God. And they were like, it's, it was great, but they go, but it was too much and it was too confusing. It was just too much work. But they eventually came up with one I think that works really well. It's it's a it's a great it makes sense in its own terms. Final battle between Jason and Freddy, one of the best battles 
because it's two, which it's what you want, two invulnerable serial killer monsters slashing the living shit out of each other. And it's one of my favorite. And there's like a cool battle in the dreamscape that's a, that's a great scene. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. There's another little story. I'm not going to get too many of these because there's more stories. But there's another story where one of the actors who plays the sheriff in this in the movie working out and the guy who normally played Jason didn't want to play him because Jason's kind of sympathetic in this movie. So he's working out and he said like, he goes, oh, I got a new part in that uh, new movie. It's Jason versus Fred, Freddy versus Jason. And the guy next to him goes, oh, I play Jason in that movie. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, oh, damn, you're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, until then, <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. And we just saved another movie. wubble a dub dub <laughs> Don't uh, check, check, check. Unique New York. <laughs> Super spacious seal stuff. <laughs> seal stuff. Seal stuff. Like Navy seal stuff. Uh, not right. Ocean seal stuff. No. That'd be stupid. <laughs>